Poker, All the Games, is a podcast that introduces listeners to more than 20 variations of poker. Each episode will highlight one game, as well as dive into any controversial news in the poker world. We know why you're here. Because you love poker as much as we do. Now introducing your host, Sean Griegas. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Poker All the Games. This is episode two of Poker All the Games. We're coming at you from the East Coast of the United States, February 2022. I'm your host, Sean, online as Atomic Squeeze, Nuke, Hops, or Homebrew, depending on where you play. We have a fun and informative show for you today where we'll be focusing on Omaha. We'll find out what I'm drinking for this episode, then we'll get to Omaha, and finally end with news about online and live-streamed poker. Along the way in this episode, you'll hear a rant or two about my distaste for overarching government regulation of the poker industry and my bitching about a ruling from some years ago. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show as much as I enjoy shooting the shit about all things poker and beer. Since poker is a social sport, and I'm a brewer and enjoy beer, this episode I'll be drinking an IPA, a Harpoon Retro Rye IPA. You can never go wrong with a beer from Harpoon, and this one is a throwback to one of their classics, Rich and Dan's Rye IPA. How I do enjoy rye, and especially in an IPA. There's only one glass. There's only one glass for this, and that's a Spiegelow IPA glass. Oh, nice. There's that subtle spice from the rye that balances nicely with the hops and crystal malt in an IPA. And while this is one of Harpoon's classics, they've clearly made some hop modifications from the original. This one is an easy drinker and clocks in at 6.5% ABV, so let's get started. Just a quick reminder that our focus here is on non-Hold'em poker. While many poker players and viewers may think that Hold'em and poker are synonymous, like tissues and Kleenex, we're here to show everyone that there are more than two dozen poker variations and numerous reasons why players should be dipping their toes into these games. Some of these reasons include the fact that there's money to be made in non-Hold'em poker, a.k.a. mixed games, which you'll hear interchangeably on this show, non-Hold'em and mixed games poker, meaning any game, any poker game besides Hold'em. Since not many players have found these games, now is a great time to get started and get ahead of the curve. Playing mixed games is a way to stay motivated. Variety is the spice of life, and so mixed games are the spice of poker life. Learning, studying, and playing other poker variations will help your hold'em game if that's your cup of tea. Today's episode will be covering Omaha, but first, a little story about why I don't have a story about any games I've played recently. Well, unfortunately, I haven't gotten to a casino in the past couple of weeks. And well, we know there's online poker, but Poker Stars has been down for the weekend, which we'll discuss in more detail later in this episode. 
Oh yeah, some of you may be asking, well, come on, there's other online sites. Well, while I do have access to WSOP.com, I seem to have a lot of trouble getting access to their site. For some reason, I get an error message saying I cannot be located within the state that I am actually physically sitting in, and so WSOP.com generally won't let me in. Funny enough, generally, PokerStars will let me in just moments apart from one another trying to log in, except for that nagging problem of PokerStars being down this weekend, which, as I said, we'll get to later in this episode. So much for the wonderful government regulation that keeps us all safe and keeping us from playing cards. Let's get started with the focus of today's episode, Omaha. So first, why Omaha? Well, it's popular due to its similarities with Hold'em, the simplicity of the game, and the action it provides from the addition of two more hold cards makes it easy for players to, to learn and pick up. Because of these reasons, Omaha seems to be the next game in line for most Hold'em players. It can also be seen as the gateway drug, uh, I mean game, yeah, the the gateway game to mixed games. (laughs) With that in mind, let's get to the general rules and play of Omaha. So, as I've said, Omaha is very similar to Hold'em, which makes it kind of easy to pick up. This is a flop game with fixed limit or pot limit betting, and blinds and a dealer button are used as in Hold'em. In the case of pot limit betting, The game is called, well, Pot Limit Omaha, or shortened to PLO. So PLO, Pot Limit Omaha, when pot limit betting is used. In the end, each player will be dealt four down cards and use two of those four plus three of the five community cards to make the best five-card hand. The normal ranking of poker hands is utilized with the pot going to the player with the highest five-card hand. It's important to realize you must use two and only two cards from your hand plus three of the five community cards. So while it's similar to hold them, easy to pick up, sometimes it's hard to remember, even for those who have been playing for a while, that you can only use two cards out of your hand and you must use two. So two and only two from your hand, three of the five community cards to make your best five card hand. All right, so how do we specifically deal and play Omaha? All right, a small blind and big blind are used for the two positions immediately to the left of the dealer button, respectively. After the blinds are posted, four cards are dealt to each player face down, one at a time, starting with the player to the immediate left of the dealer button, also known as the small blind, and proceeding clockwise around the table. A round of betting occurs, where each player, starting with the player to the left of the big blind, known as the under-the-gun player, takes action as either folding, matching the big blind, or raising to a larger amount. Once action is taken by each player at the table still in the hand, a card is burned and three cards are placed faced up in the middle of the table with these three cards known as the flop. Another round of betting or checking, raising, or folding depending on prior action, takes place, beginning with the leftmost player at the table, closest to the dealer button, who is still in the hand, and continuing clockwise around the table. Once action is taken by each player at the table still in the hand, another card is burned, and a fourth card, known as Fourth Street, is placed up 
to the immediate right of the first three flop cards. Another round of betting, or checking, raising, or folding takes place, beginning with the leftmost player at the table closest to the dealer button who is still in the hand, and play continues clockwise around the table. Once action is taken by each player at the table still in the hand, another card is burned, and a fifth card, known as Fifth Street or the River, is placed faced up to the immediate right of the Fourth Street card. Another round of betting, checking, folding, or raising takes place, beginning with the leftmost player at the table closest to the dealer button still in the hand, and play continuing clockwise around the table. Finally, there's a showdown where a winner is determined with the best high hand being made using exactly two of the player's whole cards plus three of the community cards. I can't state this enough. Remember, you must use two and only two of your whole cards out of the four plus three of the five community cards to make your best five card hand. Now, do not simply muck your hand if you're uncertain whether or not you've won the pot. If you're having trouble reading your hand when you first start playing, simply turn your hand face up at the end so the dealer can make a determination as to whether you have the winning hand or not. You'll get used to it real quick and be able to read the hands and the board and other hands, but uh, it can be a little tough at first um, trying to figure out uh, which year two make the best hand and how that might compare to, uh, to other players' hands. So that's the general general play, very similar to uh, Texas Hold'em, where um, in this case, though, you get dealt four down cards, four whole cards to each player, and then there's a three-card flop, a fourth card known as the turn, and then a fifth card known as the river, your, your typical betting, checking or raising on each, on each round, and then a showdown um, for the best five-card high hand using two out of the player's hand, plus three from the community, uh, the five community cards. All right, so what are some beginner's tips for Omaha to get you started? Well, the best hand, the best starting hand in Omaha is ace, ace, king, king, double suited, right? You've got pocket aces in your hand, you've got pocket kings, and you're uh, suited. You have an ace king suited, and your other ace king is another suit. Um, so you're double suited, as is known, and that way you have a chance at making a flush. So you start with two of the best, um, two of the best highest pairs to start with, and you're also double suited, meaning you have two chances at uh, at ending with a flush, an ace high flush. So that's the best starting hand, um, the best four down cards you could have in Omaha high. Play suited, connected, big cards so suited connected broadway cards um you want to play you know 10 jacks queens kings king aces um and if they're suited all the better so you have a chance at a big straight um or an ace high or king high uh flush as well some of the best hands if you want to get started just play tight play like we said the best starting hand is ace ace king king play that all the way through Something like Jack Jack Ten Nine uh, and double suited is best. So Ace Ace King King through Jack Jack Ten Nine double suited. Um, play those kinds of hands, and uh, you know best thing to do when you get started. Play tight. Start with those hands. Get comfortable with the game, and then uh, spread out from there. So that, those are some of the good cards to start with. What are some bad things to start with? Well. Seven, eight, and nine are poor starting hands in these kinds of game. In this game, 
Um, you're going to hit some straight. If you hit a straight, you might hit a the low end, the baby straight, as we call it, the low end of a straight. Somebody else will end up with a bigger straight, somebody who's playing uh, big connected Broadway cards. One pair is generally no good to win at showdown. And a lot of times, especially in low stakes games, you'll need the nuts or second nuts to win at showdown. And just be cautious. Um, if, if there's a full ring game, if you've got a full table of players, uh, a lot of times second nuts um, second nuts might not even be good enough to win at showdown. So keep in mind, unlike Hold'em, um, where sometimes you go to showdown with a pair, uh, pair is generally no good. You're going to need two pair or a set um, at a minimum to continue in the hand depending on the uh, how the board looks. Play hands that have potential to improve. So while starting with, you know, big pairs is great, you know, aces in the hole is a you know great hand to start off with. Uh, you want to start with hands that can improve. We mentioned being double suited. Why are we double suited? So we can we have a chance at making a flush. So we start might start with a big pair, kings in the hole. But if we our king is suited or if we have aces in the hole and our ace is suited with any other card, you know, um, we have a chance at making an ace high flush. Or if it's connected with, you know, we, we have kings and, and, and we have a queen as well, we could potentially make a straight. So these are hands that have the potential. You start off good, but they can improve to straights or uh, straights or flushes potentially. On the other side of the coin, be cautious when the board pairs as a full house is likely. So, you know, might help you, um, but if that if that paired board does not help you just be careful even if you have the uh hit a big straight or a flush be careful um somebody out there could easily have a full house and one of the last uh beginner's tips for omaha we'll go over with is position position is important in omaha just as it is in hold'em that is in these games with blinds the closer to the button you are that is, the later in the hand that you act compared to other players, the wider the range of hands that you can play. So just like in Hold'em, the closer to the button you are, you know, you're, uh, you're one off the button in, in the cutoff uh, or the hijack position, late, late, late to act in the hand, you, uh, you can play a wider range of hands and you, uh, you want to play a little tighter earlier um, as the earlier you are to act. So those are some basic rules to get you started in a game of Omaha, uh, and they'll, they'll just they'll put you ahead of other players. A lot lot more strategy. Um, there's some some other more advanced strategy books out there, but uh, this is a podcast for for those looking to get into the mixed games, the non holdem games, and those are just some basic rules that if you know those, um, you have a better shot than a lot of other uh, than a lot of other players that are out there already. Finally, let's talk about some news in the poker world. I mentioned Poker Stars earlier, um, and I, you know, the site was down. I was going to get ready to kick it up, play some Poker Stars this past weekend, and uh, the Poker Stars site in New Jersey and Pennsylvania were down, starting uh, from far as I understand from f Friday, uh, February fourth, uh, twenty twenty-two. Initially, Poker Stars indicated the site would be up and running uh, Monday, February seventh. As of Monday afternoon, this is still not the case. And apparently, so I mentioned Pennsylvania and New Jersey, apparently the same thing happened in Michigan. As of Thursday evening, February 3rd, um, there was a message, sorry, we are under maintenance, but don't panic. 
We'll be right back with all your favorite games. So Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Michigan um, seemingly having uh, some issues with uh, the PokerStars site. Furthermore, PokerStars indicated the outage was due to unscheduled maintenance, which no doubt makes players feel very uncomfortable about the situation. And while this next bit may seem a little off topic, I did promise a rant or two about gov- about uh, government regulation of poker. And honestly, I think it falls in line with the trouble that poker players are having trying to play cards in the United States. Bottom line, I'm all in favor of removing some of these restrictions in the United States regarding playing cards, and specifically poker. We'll go into this in more detail in a future episode, but... Quickly, if poker is a sport, then it should be played more freely with less government regulation. Think football, basketball, baseball, or wrestling. If it's simply a card game, then the public should still be able to play more openly as well. Think chess or go fish, uh, for example. Not to put chess and go fish in the same <laughs> in the same sentence, very, very different games. But, uh, you know, if this is simply a game like those games, then we should be able to play more openly. Ah, another sip of uh, Harpoon Retro Rye as we go through this rant. And yeah, I understand it's the money portion of poker that makes it a problem for the U.S. government. All the while, sports betting is widespread. I mean, just think about the amount of money that's going to be bet on the upcoming Super Bowl. As long as the government is getting a slice of the action, these things are somehow okay legally. Because all of a sudden, that makes an activity legitimate. In any event, this is a broad topic with many different opinions, and we'll save it for a future episode. In other news, Hustler Casino booted a player from a live-streamed poker game. For those that don't know, Hustler, Hustler Casino Live is a live-streamed production of poker broadcast, poker broadcast from Hustler Casino in Los Angeles, California. You can find these episodes on YouTube if you search Hustler Casino Live. The player in question was apparently looking at another player's hole cards on the live stream on multiple occasions. Now, it can be said that each player is responsible for protecting their hand. I mean, haven't we all heard about or seen a dealer take a player's cards that were seemingly unprotected? Well, I certainly have. In any of those instances, the casino floor manager said it's the player's responsibility to protect their hand. And... I never saw the casino or dealer be reprimanded in any way. It all came back to the player. However, in this case, at the Hustler Casino, the casino issued a statement saying that the player has been banned from Hustler Casino Live. Additionally, the player, known as Skills Rocks, acknowledged that he was in the wrong and made no stink about being banned from the live stream show or the casino. Yes, he was also banned from the casino as far as I understand. So case closed. All of this reminds me of a Hold'em game I was in where I got screwed out of a pot. This was many years ago, and I don't recall the details of the hand, but they're unimportant as to what happened. I was at Harrah's Casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey, playing 1-2 No Limit Hold'em. It ended up going to the river in what had become a several hundred dollar pot after all the action. In the end, it was heads up at showdown, and the other player literally folded his hand on the river after I shoved the rest of my money in. In this case, it would seem that the pot should simply be pushed to me. 
However, I was told by the dealer that I had to show my hand before the pot could be pushed to me. Okay, whatever, fine. I turn my hand over. At that point, the opponent says, hold on, and wow, what happened next is literally one of the craziest moments and rulings to follow. He said that he won the hand, and he literally reached into the muck and pulled two cards out, showing a better hand. Remember, he literally threw his hand away. I mean, literally threw his cards to the dealer. His cards touched the other cards in the muck. So I'm not going to sit around and just let the, this player get pushed the pot. Because of the stink I made that the pot should be pushed to me, the floor gets called. Fine, okay, call the floor. This player's cards touch the muck. Pot's still mine, right? So one would think. The ruling in this case was that the player with the best hand at showdown should win the pot. Never mind, the player's hand was folded and hit the muck, so there really, in reality, is no showdown. Simply a player folding to a large bet on the river. Needless to say, I was shocked at the ruling, especially from the casino in charge of running the World Series of Poker, including World Series of Poker circuit events at this specific Harrah's location in Atlantic City. Needless to say, that pot got pushed to the other player whose cards hit the muck, and I have yet to return to Harrah's in Atlantic City to play another hand of cards. Well, that's all for Episode 2, Omaha. Thank you for listening to Poker, All the Games. Join us again in two weeks for Episode 3, where we talk about Big O, another poker variation gaining popularity and similar to Omaha. Thanks to Ricky Snyder for music and sound. Be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast, Poker, All the Games, so you never miss an episode. Until then, may your hands be huge, your cards fill both high and low, and scoop as many pots as you can.